Good evening. Welcome Good back, evening. everybody. And uh, we are very close to start time. And for those of you that are just joining us, we welcome you. We are so glad that you are here. And uh, I apologize for a little bit of the raucousness of the beginning of this broadcast. But I don't know that you really apologize. Well, I'm trying. Give me, give me credit okay. for at least intent. Well, I mean, yes, fair enough. Even if I don't have full sincerity in it, I'm, I'm trying to be apologetic about it. But anyway, we're trying all of these, your we, these new tech things. We have to try some things out. And you all are our guinea pigs. So welcome and uh, glad that you're here. Are you sure that you are Arash and I both live at the same time with you? Yes, that's what we this are. It would be very entertaining, but quite possibly very disruptive as well. It would be. But I think that's why you and I probably need to get out of the way and let Arash teach alone. You know, he's entertaining enough on his own. So I, I doubt that, you know, he needs Abbott and Costello to get in on the action. Too funny. Which one are you? I don't know. Who's on third? Wait a minute. Is it second? <laughs> second. I don't I know. See, I never remember that routine. I just know it's funny. All right, everybody. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. The power is in my hands. I'm, I'm trying very hard to keep it together here because I have the power to literally. You want to see it? Watch this. Watch, watch, watch. Desi is gone. He's just gone. Wouldn't Virtual it, lobby. Wouldn't it be awesome to have this power in church? Desi's just jabbering on at the pulpit, doing announcements too long. He's just gone. Or Arash does that inappropriate. Amen. Oh, he's just gone. Uh -huh. He's not even go. there. He's Someone's just enjoying gone. it too much. <laughs> All right, folks. Welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study. We're going to get He's out. like a little boy with a new toy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Let me get out of the way and invite Pastor Arash to bring our Bible study. And then we'll come back. And as if you're new to us, welcome. You can find out all about us at our website, newyorkupc.info. But in about 30 minutes, once Pastor Arash finishes teaching, we're going to take question and answer. And that's where either on YouTube or on Facebook, if you're watching this at newyorkupc.info, you have to go to either YouTube or to Facebook. Choose your poison. Desi thinks either one is going to steal your data, your identity, and everything else about you. So you get to pick whether you Different prefer data. Google. I didn't say they were going to steal your data. <laughs> you just Big Brother is going to watch. You just get to pick which one, YouTube right. or i.e. Google or Facebook. That's right. We're all going to pray about this. How about that? There we Let's go. That. So you so you got it. So you got that choice. But there, as you post uh, your questions and so forth, then we'll be able to uh, moderate those and bring those to Brother Arash, and uh, and then then wait for it at the end of the broadcast for any further questions. We will post his email address, and you can just totally blow him up with any additional questions. You want crazy questions here, folks. That's right. So, and since, look, look he just, did you not hear that? He just volunteered for it. So please, please hear me, my dear brothers and sisters. Tonight is the night. Bring your crazy questions. He he relishes we, in that. We are going to fix the entire world tonight. All, all right. You're going to get your answers. You have, all in the back of your mind, as you read scripture, tonight is the night. Yeah. You want to bring them. All right. Amen. So, Arash, Desi and I are going to step off stage. And uh, here we go. You're on, my brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. So glad you are here with us um, for this Bible study and looking forward to digging deep about our week this week. is uh, Our theme this week is actually going to be prayer. So um, we'll go ahead and I want to look at a passage of scripture uh, very familiar to most of you. Um, it's actually going to be, I'm going to read it off my screen. So give me a second here so that way you guys can see a visual. Um, so it's the Lord's Prayer. So here Jesus is kind of talking to his disciples and, um, you know, he wants to give a contrast of what real prayer is supposed to look like. And, um, of course, people are very, very super spiritual. Um, they are praying out loud and to be noticed by others. So that's their big, big thing here is to let everybody know how spiritual I am. I'm going to go ahead and speak in tongues a lot louder than you do just to demonstrate how spiritual and important I am. Um, so Jesus kind of uh, puts a kabush on that. And he says, this is how you should really pray. And uh, we kind of read verse nine. So pray this way. Our father in heaven May your name be honored. Uh, by the way, I'm reading the net version. 
So here we're seeing praise. We're seeing, let's go ahead and give glory to God. Let's show that he is the sole authority in all us, uh, how important he is. And, and this, this is very important. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our, give us our debts as we ourselves have forgiven our debtors. What's fascinating is verse 10. May your kingdom come. So here we see this soon coming eschatological view of this coming kingdom. About his kingdom coming. May your kingdom come soon, Lord. Let the end times come soon. So this is, a, this is how we should be praying. We should be praying that the world will fall apart and God would just come in and fix everything up. So that's, but then watch this. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So then this, the, the, the third thing we pray for is his will. So we're not, we haven't even got to our daily bread. We haven't even got to forgiving other people. We're talking about his will. And that's kind of where I want to talk about is praying to have the will of God uh, on heaven and on earth. So that's kind of where we're going to be um, chatting away is about this, this kingdom coming, having his will be done. Um, very, very, very important. I'll go ahead and stop sharing. Um, when I was um, a younger man, um, slightly less bald, um, maybe thinner in the face, um, I remember I... I um I I was in ministry about maybe 15 years ago. I was I was in I was in full-time ministry. I was full-time meaning I was working, I was uh I was preaching and teaching and um I was able to be involved in all kinds of aspects of ministry at the church. And and I remember I I finally got my coveted title, um youth pastor. I mean that just there's a ring to that, you know, and and I wasn't afraid to use it. Um, and I, you know, I would just go around and, and as, oh, you know, actually, uh, I'm, uh, I'm the youth pastor there at, uh, Grand Ledge Liberty. You know, I'm a youth, youth pastor, you know, cause such a, such a cool word there, youth pastor. Um, and I remember, uh, when I did a study abroad, uh, I, I went overseas. I actually did a study abroad overseas in Israel for about six months. Um, and whenever I would introduce myself, that's how I would introduce myself is I would say, oh, you know, I, uh, I'm going to school right now. And actually, I'm actually a, a youth pastor there. And, you know, there was like this, this woo, youth pastor, man, you're super spiritual. Um, of course, I want to, you know, I'm all about titles, if you guys don't know me. And um, I know I'm right now I'm fighting with Stephen. I, I want supreme leader. I feel I don't know why the dark side always gets the best titles here, but um, I feel that would be a wonderful title for me. But. But we'll argue about that later. Um, and I remember I, I kept tossing that around. It's not happening, Arash. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not happening, okay. I was, I was wondering when he was going to show up. But I, I, I remember, um, you know, here I am in, in ministry. Here I am working with people. And, and I remember I would be praying. And my prayers were so shallow, were so self-centered. I and mean, it was ridiculous. Um, when I got there, I, I saw my friends, beautiful, beautiful, um, a MacBook. It wasn't a MacBook pro back then. Um, and man, I was, I was green with envy and I thought, man, that's what I need to be praying about is a MacBook. <laughs> um, so I did, I prayed for it and I even prayed, I got real specific cause you know, you're supposed to be really specific with your prayers. So I said, Ooh, I want this many gigabytes and you know, so many pixels and this, the kind of programming I want on it. and I mean, it was just, it was really ridiculous. And I prayed fervently for this. And of course, over the years, um, I hope I can say that uh, my prayers have shifted. Um, they're not so much self-centered as I have focused my prayer on something more important, um, God's will. Because at the end of the day, we should strive to have our desires and our goals align with God's desires and goals. Because what we want and what God wants 
at times are conflicted and do not match. And this wasn't something that, this is something we all deal with. You know, we all like to pray about our daily bread. And I, I even, I, I skipped, I skipped the, so pray this way. I skipped our father in heaven. I skipped, may your name be honored. And I went straight to uh, give us today our daily bread. So my, my Lord's prayer is give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Amen. Um, forgiveness wasn't in there. Uh, praying for God's will, his kingdom to come. I mean, all kinds of things were missing out of my prayer life. Um, and so hopefully I've you know, matured in these last 15 years um, and that I've, my focus has been realigned. But it, but it, does, it does affect you. Um, how you pray, how, where you start really does affect where you end up. And, um, and if you're praying uh, self-centered prayers, you're going to end up in a very, very difficult place. Um, but if you have God's perspective, if you're praying for his will, um, I think you're going to end up in a very different place. Um, and this, is, um, this isn't something we all deal with. It's funny because here we are in Matthew. We're in chapter 6. And we're dealing with verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. And, and watch this. So here we are. Let's go a few chapters ahead. Um, here we're going to be seeing Jesus. Jesus kind of already uh, talked to the disciples. Someone's going to betray me. Who is it, Jesus? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Everybody's trying to figure out who it is. And, um, and of course, then, then the betrayer leaves. And then he has to go alone because he, he knows he's going to be betrayed. And this is his last night. It's the last supper. And uh, he kind of goes to pray alone. And he, who does he take with his, his close friends? He takes him to um, uh, an olive, uh, kind of a grove of olive trees, Gethsemane. Literally means oil press or um, grove of olive trees. And that's where he takes them. Now, I, actually, I've, I've been able to uh, visit this, if, 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 if we are thinking histori historians are accurate about where the location is. But I've actually been to the garden. And I've actually prayed there. Um, and, um, and here we see Jesus. In, uh, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and um, share my screen once again. And you're gonna, you can go ahead and see I am a visual person. So let's go ahead. So here we are. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, oil press in Hebrew, and he said to the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Took with him Peter, the rock, and the two sons of Zebedee. And he became anguished and distressed. He had anxiety. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved, even to the point of death. Remain here. Stay awake with me. Going a little further, so he, he, he separates himself from his friends. Then he threw himself down with his face to the ground, and he prayed, My Father, this is a very intimate prayer, if possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. So here we see here even Jesus, the, the man Jesus, the human Jesus, because we're looking at the incarnation and 100% God, 100% human. Um, it's a mystery. I don't know how it all works. But this, this, this really shows and demonstrates to me that Jesus was human. Uh, I would have been very, very skeptical if I saw Jesus going, yes, take me to the cross and let me get beat up and uh, let me go ahead and have bones broken and and all you know being whipped and all kinds of terrible things that have been done to him no we see we see the humanity of jesus coming through here and and uh the the man jesus and he's saying if you could if it's possible god if it's if it's possible he's praying to the spirit if it's possible maybe there's another way but not my will what you will what your will is so verse 40 we're in verse 40 then he comes to the disciples and he found them sleeping. 
again. And he said to Peter, so couldn't you stay awake with me for one hour? Stay awake and pray that you will not fall into temptation. Who is he talking about here? Them or him? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time. He already prayed it once. He went a second time and he prayed. My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will must be done. And we're seeing this, this fight with Jesus. Jesus, this, this human Jesus having this fight with what the will is of the spirit that, that he has to go to the cross. And there's anguish in him. He doesn't want to be killed. He doesn't want to go through the suffering. But not my will. What your will is. He saw what was coming ahead. He knew what was going to happen to him. And he did not want to go that way. And that's comforting to know that even I struggle that. You struggle with this. He saw what was coming and he did not want to go that way. Verse 43, he came again and he found them sleeping. They could not keep their eyes open. They'd fallen asleep again. <laughs> these disciples, these people that we name churches after and we name our kids after, here they are, just full humanity in display. They're falling asleep. They have no idea what's coming ahead. So he leaves them again. He doesn't wake them up this time. And he went away and prayed a third time. Not once, not twice, three times. And he prayed a third time saying the same thing once more. Please, let there be another way. I do not want to get crucified. I do not want to be crushed. I do not want to be hung on a cross. Let there be another way. Let there be something else that we can do. Is there a substitute? Is there a replacement? But not my will. Your will be done. Your will be done. And of course, then the betrayer comes. So he prays three different times for something else. And it's interesting. He's, his, his words that he preached about how to pray, I'm sure, are ringing in his ears as he's in the garden by himself. I did not say that this story to somehow um, ruin your faith in God. I think this is this is powerful. I think this this is encouraging to me. Uh, Jesus, the man Jesus, um, he struggled with the will, um, and even when he saw what was coming, but he was obedient. He still followed the will of the master plan. And here he followed the will of God. And you and I, we kind of find ourselves in the same boat. We struggle with this, struggling to pray God's will. And here's the sad part. Here's the sad part. Here I am in the garden of Gethsemane. And you know what I'm praying about? I'm just like Jesus. I'm going, God, give me this. God, give me that. God, give me this. God, here I am in a, in a super important place for, for Christendom, and I'm praying for something so materialistic and shallow. Your will be done. In heaven and on earth, your will, God, your will. Not mine, not what I want. Not my desires, but your will. And then he falls on his face. Are our prayers kingdom focused? Are we praying God's will or our will? Are we praying to his will be done on earth as it is done in heaven? Or have we somehow mixed up our own agenda with God's? And we are frustrated why God has become silent. Maybe that's not God's plan. 
please hear me, my dear brothers and sisters. Do not mistake God's agenda with your agenda. All right. I don't go and say, go off top of a bridge and jump off the bridge and say, all right, God, go ahead and catch me. Whose agenda is that? Is that God's agenda or yours? Or are you on top of the bridge? There's somebody on top of the bridge and God leads you to go talk to them on that bridge and says, your job is to make sure this person doesn't jump and something happens and he protects you. Okay, that's a different agenda. That's God's agenda, not your own personal agenda. There's a difference. And this is what happens in our prayer life is that we pray for things in our agenda and God does not answer them. He does not fulfill them. And therefore we start losing faith in God and God's saying, you're praying wrong. Can I get an amen? I know you're in, 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 uh, in web world. Uh, can you get an amen? And if you don't believe me, we'll, we'll dig some, we'll dig a little deeper. This is about digging our wells, right? Let's, let's dig a little deeper. Now we're going to go ahead and go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen once again. James chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 1. All right. Where do the conflicts and where do the quarrels among you come from? Is it not from this, from your own passions, that battle inside of you? You desire you do not have, and you murder and envy, and you cannot obtain. You quarrel and you fight, and you do not have because you do not ask. You ask. So here we go. You don't ask. Oh, good. I'll go ahead and start asking. I'll start asking for all kinds of things. And he says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. You ask poorly. So you spend it on your passions, on your desires, on what's important to you. You spent it and you prayed wrongly. Your agenda is off kilter. And my goal tonight is for us to pray from a different perspective. Because when we pray for God's will to be done, when we pray for God's will to be done in our home, in our marriages, in our children's lives, when we reach out to other people, it changes our perspective and it changes what we ask when we pray. We're not so involved and we're not so worried about our self-centeredness. Now we're concerned about so-and-so. Now we're concerned about the other. Now we're concerned about God's kingdom. So our prayer life changes. Are we praying from God's perspective? And this is where the clash comes. Well, God's not answering. Therefore, he doesn't exist. No. You're praying wrong. You're you're just flat out praying wrong. I'm not saying God doesn't bless. I'm not saying God doesn't honor I'm not saying God doesn't want to give you what you desire, but, but, th- but there's a difference between praying for a brand new Cadillac and praying for your brother to be saved. Those are two different prayers. And please do not mix the two. Are we praying from God's perspective? Amen. I'm going to... I'm going to end here about seven minutes early because I do want to get some question and answers. Um, I don't know if Stephen can pop up here and we can go ahead and get some good, good questions here. So, uh, Desi, what I'm going to do is uh, pop up on the screen here. It is now question time, folks. So if you'll help us out by preceding your questions with that capital, all capital question, that'll help Desi to, uh, to parse through the chat feature. And uh, Desi, what I'm going to do is actually, if you don't mind, um, actually, in order to pop up the the question itself from the chat, I will need to stay on. So we'll leave it in this this three okay. panel view here. I'm comfortable with that. So all right. With that. Amen. So questions, folks. 
Hey, uh, Arash, as those are coming in, it, it struck me as I was listening to you talk about this, um, that Paul's instruction where he says we we know not how we ought to pray. Mm. Spirit make yeah. a mission for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And uh, so even the Apostle Paul acknowledged that we, we humans struggle with this. Again, yeah. just another one buttressing this main point. Um, that we, we don't always know how we ought to pray. That's right. And um, so Armand, uh, your brother has hit us with a, with a majorly important question. So we're going to start out. We should expect from the Ahmed Poor's, uh, uh, did you ever get that MacBook? <laughs> did you ever get that MacBook? Um, yes, I, uh, <laughs> I, I did. It was, it was, uh, actually it was, uh, Three years later at UGST that I got that MacBook. So, <laughs> And is that the MacBook that we are currently uh, seeing you broadcast from right now? Um, no, it was a different one. All so right. he, um, I, I gave that old one to him. Um, so oh, you gave it to Armand? Yeah, I did. So the question is, is Armand needs to answer is, is that MacBook still chugging along or has it, has it bit the dust? All right, real theological question here tonight. But we should. Hey, as soon as Armand got on, I thought, well, we're going to have some fun tonight. Here we. Hey, go. it's all right. We can have fun tonight. Absolutely. Uh, Doctor Payton, by the way, if you didn't see it in the chat, Desi, did you notice he said that we we boys were taking this play thing too seriously? I don't know that we take it too seriously. Oh, I know. Absolutely. I think we've been having a lot of fun. Before right. you throw out another question, let me just give a little technical plug. If yes. you watching tonight, you saw Arash share his screen several times, and then he went to the Net Bible, the New English Translation. From last week when we were talking about digging our own wells and picking the right shovel, this is one of those resources we referenced, and it's also something Rachel used last Wednesday night in her broadcast. So just a quick plug if you missed that. This is one of, not the only translation that we recommend, but it's free online. And if you were looking, it pulled it up in parallel. Well, on one side, you saw the scriptures, and then right next to it in a separate window, you saw all of the various notes. So not a not a question, but just making our viewership aware of that. What you're seeing as the model and demonstrate on these broadcasts, we are intentionally trying to use tools that are readily and easily available for others. You don't have to be us. You can dig in and use the yes. same equipment yourself. That's right. In your own personal study time. All right. Where are you going to go, Desi? Which which I want to let the questions go to you and you tell me where you want to go. So let's take let's take a great question that says, What can we do to keep us in the right mindset so that we're we are praying God's will, as most of us don't know how to pray God's will. So you brought yes. out some good points tonight, Arash, about how we need to be more kingdom-minded when we pray. So what can we do to keep us in a mindset where we are praying God's will rather than Definitely. just simply our own selfish desires? That's true. That's true. And 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 one thing we can do is um, looking at Scripture and seeing – because ultimately, Scripture reveals who God is. And um, looking at Scripture, reading Scripture to get a perspective of what God's will is and what his kingdom purpose is. Um, at the end of the day, if you read the whole Bible, it's about God redeeming creation back to himself uh, because of the fall. He's trying to restore that relationship, that communication. Um, so our job is to help others by having them reconnect with God. And so, of course, that's the will of God. God's will is for us to love him and love our neighbor. That's kind of what boils it down to. If you really want to know what it means, uh, the whole I would argue the whole Bible is <laughs> uh, love of self, love of God, and love of others. And you guys can add to that if you want. Sounds like Stephen doesn't want to add anything, huh? No, I don't have anything to add. Good with that. I think he answered All right. your Let's take another question then. When you're waiting for an answer or direction from God, how long do you wait? Is having peace about it a way to tell that God is okay with the direction that you want to move? That's an excellent question. Um, that's a good question. That's a very that's a really good, good question. question. 
um, because sometimes God's God's answer is it's not no, it's just not yet. And and being able to distinguish between that, and that's I, I think that's by case by case. How do you, you how do you how do you distinguish that? How long do you wait till you feel like God has given some sort of answer? I think to me it depends on. To me, I, I think it depends on what you're praying for and what that will is. If you're praying that your brother gets saved and you're praying for that consistently, I think that that's forever. Um, if you're praying for a Cadillac, um, I'm from Michigan, so I keep using these uh, American-made cars, but or a Toyota or whatever it might be, you know, I think that might be a little... Yeah. That might that might be a little bit more. You see the degrees here. We're praying. We're praying for uh, someone's salvation. We're praying for. So I, I guess what that means uh, to that individual is what. You know, what are, what is that particular prayer request that you're asking for? If it's a healing, um, if we want to go that direction, then uh, healing is well. God might heal, or He might just say not yet, or you'll be healed when, when you get to the other side, because death is healing. So. Hopefully that answers the question. I don't know if you guys want to add a little two cents here. I would add two things. Number one is this underlines, this question underlines the importance of, of learning to hear the voice of God, building mm -hmm. a relationship with God in such a manner yeah. that you have confidence that if he's speaking, you've learned to hear his voice. And the reason I say that is because of the second point. Because the second point is, and, and depending on your religious background and depending upon uh, your personality, this can either be liberating what I'm about to say, or this can be consternating. So here it comes. God gives us on a lot of things, freedom of choice. And many times what we do is we go to God in prayer, looking for him to guarantee us an outcome. So, God, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to ask for your direction. And then when I receive that direction, now I know it's ironclad because now it's the will of God. And in those cases, my experience has taught me that God is silent, not because he's being a bad father, but simply because there are some things in life that he goes, you choose. And in that case, the confidence that you know the voice of God that you can hear the voice of God. And therefore, when he's silent, because you know God doesn't get laryngitis. He doesn't have a problem projecting. He, mm -hmm. God can speak. This is the God that descends on Mount Sinai with thunder and lightning and, 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 and great fanfare. When God wants to shout, trust me, you'll hear him. You'll get your attention. Yeah. Absolutely. So when he's silent, I have always understood that to be that he's conveying kind of the way I do to my children. When they come and they want reassurance, I simply say, your choice. And while in the moment they might have preferred that I told them exactly what to do, that's part of that maturation, that growing up. And they, they, really, they really do have a choice. And so because then if I learn to know what his silence is, I also will then have greater clarity about how long to wait to hear from his voice. If I know his voice, I'll know what his silence is like. And that is the part of, for those of you that have taken our discipleship lessons, uh, that's the point of the lesson of hearing the voice of the Lord. And it's one of the last lessons. It's one of the last lessons we send you out from our discipleship series with, because it's critical that you hear the voice of the Lord. You learn like Samuel did to know the voice of God. Um, because I agree with Arash that it depends on what you're praying for. Um, some things you never stop praying until they're answered. Some things that you, you pray for and then you feel released. I, I've yes. prayed enough. I've, I'm, I'm done with that. Other things, the reason God is quiet is because it's your choice. And you need to pray. Don't get me wrong. You don't need to skip the process of prayer. But then... Right. His silence means something as well as what he says is kind of what I would say to that. That's what I would add. So let me add a third perspective. So this question gets a nice full orbed answer. 
um, my general experience when it comes to prayer, and the question was specifically related to direction. You know, when you're seeking direction on something, how long how long do you wait? And so if I am asking God for direction and it's a major life decision, it's been my experience that God doesn't respond in a way that's not clear to me. In other words, I don't ask for something involving a major life direction decision. And then, you know, I get no response back from God for long periods of time or something like that. However, if I don't feel a peace about it or a release, if at all possible, I think the best decision is to wait, especially if you've got to make some major decision. If you're not forced into making the decision and you don't feel like God has responded yet, then use that as a chance to pause. Um, my wife and I have worked in several churches. And before coming here, we sensed in our spirit very clearly from God that our time was coming to a close in the previous churches that we worked in. And we were coming into a time of transition. So then we are faced with a major life decision. Where are we going next? Yeah. In both of those cases, because this is the third church we've worked in, in both of those cases, it wasn't the next day. It wasn't the next week once we felt that in prayer. It wasn't, in, in our case, it wasn't even you know a month later. There was an extended period of time where God was speaking to us and prepping us for it and all that. But notice we didn't stay in limbo forever. Eventually we moved and ended up working in another church and then we moved again and now we're here. And we're confident that God gave us direction in all three of those churches that we went to work in. But it wasn't necessarily immediate. Now, to Pastor Stephen's point about sometimes God is silent and it could be him saying that this is your choice. You can decide what to do. We have we I say we referring to my wife and I have faced a few situations like that. Perhaps not as significant as, you know, are we moving cross country, that sort of decision, but trying to decide what to do on some particular situation. And in those situations, I had to learn that sometimes God's silence is it's your choice. You can choose that because I would prefer that he tell me, no, choose option A. Don't yeah. choose option B because that feels a lot safer. But I have also learned in time to be more specific with my prayer request because, and this doesn't happen that often, if I'm facing a situation where I need to decide between some things and I say, okay, God, here's option A and here's option B and maybe here's option C and they all seem like valid choices and I really want your input. Can you please give us clear direction on which one we should choose? Or if all three of these options are acceptable to you and it really is our choice, then please tell me it's our choice. And there have been multiple times when I prayed that specifically where I did feel God respond to me and say, you pick, I'm fine with any of these. Yes. And can I add something else, Desi? Um, you you kind of jarred something in my mind is that, and how God answers is very specific to you. That's right. Okay? So to some people, he will speak audibly because he has to. <laughs> to some people, he just he gives little nudges, and you mm -hmm. and you you you're, you're mature enough. You sense it. You're like, okay, this is where God wants me to go. So, and it's and it's based on the individual. So that's that's extremely important. And so here, notice all three of us. We're not disagreeing, but we're describing it differently. Because here's a great yeah. principle about prayer: we all need to learn to understand the way that God speaks to me is almost certainly not the exact same way that God is going to speak to you. So you, you right. have to learn to hear God's voice for yourself and what it sounds like when God speaks to you. You'll notice that preachers get a little evasive when we answer questions about what does God sound like when we pray or, you know, what's God's direction for my life or God's will for my life? Because there's no real cookie cutting answer. It's, there it's going to vary from case person by to person. Case. And you have to learn to hear God's voice. And I know even that statement is vague. It almost sounds like a cop-out coming from ministers. We're like, you've got to learn to hear. Well, because I can't tell you this is what his voice sounds like. Because there's no set pattern for that. Would you agree, Stephen? Absolutely. He wants a personal relationship with us. And that yes. personal relationship 
Uh, I even in my in my opening to this week's series talked about that I have, you know, I talked about I contrasted my wife and uh, Joyce, my executive assistant and and Leela, the executive pastor of Newark. And all three of them have not only a unique voice that is about them, they each have a unique way they speak to me. Right. It's about the relationship that they have with me. And in fact, over time, I anticipate that that relationship uh, matures and deepens. And with that comes some change in how you hear. So the way that you hear when you're a new Christian versus the way that you hear when when you have spent years walking with God, you should expect that to continue to develop, not primarily because of God changing, but because of you maturing. Mm-hmm. But That's in right. all those cases, you can know his voice. You can you can know his voice. So let's go to another question. Um, Arash, we had Daniel, age seven, write in, and he wanted to ask you, what can we do when we don't know what to pray? That's an excellent question. Pray for others. Pray for your parents, that God gives them wisdom. Um, Pray for your siblings, that you will be treating them maturely. And uh, pray that um, you can be an example to others. Those are all very important um, aspects of prayer that I think we should all pray for. Um, And then just... You know, just listen and, and see where God directs you. Also, if you receive the Holy Ghost, you can pray in tongues. That's right. Because um, as you pray in tongues, the scriptures speak of that. I believe when we don't know how we ought to pray, we pray with groanings which cannot be uttered. I think that refers to uh, to tongues where the Spirit makes intercession for us. So, Daniel, if you have received the Holy Ghost, if you haven't, um, you want to ask for the Holy Ghost. You want God to fill you and you can have it. He will give it to you. But that's part of the gift that comes with receiving the Holy Ghost. And I many, many times when I don't know how to pray, I it's not that I conjure it up. Or I, but it's just it's very easy to step into and lean over into the spirit and allow the spirit to make intercession uh, on on my behalf where I don't know what I'm exactly praying because I don't know what to pray. But the spirit does. And, and uh, my wife just texted me, so uh, that must be important. Uh, she says to pray scripture. Yeah, pray great scripture. idea as well. That's a great Absolutely. idea as well, yeah. Meg, get off the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. My wife is texting me instruction on what we shouldn't be shouldn't be doing right now either. Yes, so. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Turn, Turn them off. off. Turn them off. My wife's been blasting me too. Good. See, see, and I know Regina's <laughs> texting Stephen as well, so... Now you're seeing real pastoral care here as all three right. of us on this broadcast. And all three of our wives are texting us on the side. Do this. What we Don't do this. Not doing right now. You know what that sound is. That's our wives texting us, just so you know. That's what that's going on there. <laughs> on how we should be doing this live broadcast. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely right. Jeez. So let me throw. Take the wheel. <laughs> so, Rush, let me give you another great question. Likely yes. coming. Um, it looks like another child question and it's an excellent we you kind of teasingly referred to earlier about some of your selfish prayers and how you were asking for a macbook and we need to be more kingdom-minded and that's appropriate and we absolutely would agree with that so their question to you is keeping that in mind is it wrong this is a child asking so is it wrong to pray for certain things say and the specific example was like they wanted puppy is it wrong to pray that they could get a dog is it wrong to pray personal prayers and requests from God? It's it's not wrong if it's in the right perspective. If you feel if you don't get the puppy and you're going to be devastated and it's going to end the relationship with God, then obviously that you should not be praying for a puppy because you're you've taking it to a whole nother level with that puppy. But I mean, if you're praying with the puppy 
and you're also praying for your family. You're praying. There's other prayers. It's not like this is an all be all, you know, it's, it's, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then that's where a lot of our frustration comes is because we have unanswered prayer is because we're praying from the wrong perspective. We're, we're praying from our will and not God's will. Um, so is it still and, okay to ask for the puppy though? I think, I think it's okay to ask for puppies. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's in the right perspective. Yeah. I think parents become very important in this kind of a question mm-hmm. um, because parental, parental guidance, I would I would be reticent with a child because a child's prayers are going to be fairly selfish when they first start out or put differently. They're going to be fairly um, non kingdom minded. Self oriented. Yeah. Self oriented. Maybe not self selfish, but more self oriented and more earthly oriented. That's that's their perspective at that point. And that's where the parent comes into play. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. that's, That's very, very funny. My my dad had a little boy come up and asked for prayer. And my dad barely made it through praying for him. So he comes up and he said, this was years and years and years ago, early when we first started the church, little boy comes up and he, he motions to my dad and he says, brother, brother Beardsley says, I need you to pray for me. And so my dad said, okay, what well, what's wrong? He said, I, I swallowed a Tic Tac and it scratched my throat. <laughs> I remember this one. <laughs> So, you know, it, and my dad's talked about praying for cars to start, praying for cats, praying for all kinds of prayers that were very earthly oriented, if you will. <laughs> they were not real kingdom oriented. But particularly in the life of a child, sometimes God uses those to build faith and to build yes. relationship. Even as he probably really didn't scratch his throat. And <laughs> well, there's a, yeah. You, you say the car thing, and, and I'm reminded of a story. I have a friend who shall remain nameless, uh, who was in a very difficult spot in life, and finances were tight, and he's not mechanically minded at all, and his vehicle was giving him trouble, and he knew he did not have the funds at the time to, to repair it, and he, out of almost desperation, because he did not know what else to do, went out one day and laid hands on the hood of his car Mm. and had a very sincere prayer with God, not calling down fire from heaven, but just saying, God, I can't afford to fix this. And I need this vehicle to get to work and I don't know what to do. So I'm asking you to please, whatever's wrong, just fix this engine in Jesus name. This is not some incredible, awe-inspiring shake the heavens prayer. I said, well, what happened? And he smiled. He said, so I cranked it and the turn engine light turned off and it quit making the funny noise and it wasn't rattling anymore. And it's never given him any trouble since. So very real world needs as well. We're not saying you can't pray for personal things. Yes. Thank you for saying that. that. Don't just pray for personal things. (laughs) (laughs) There is a distinction. There is a distinction. That's true. Right. There's diversity in your prayer what you pray for. Excellent. Excellent. Any, any great questions like dinosaurs, nothing like that? Or haven't got anything like that? I, you know, I'm waiting. I have yet to see a dinosaur question. Did, did you notice? I did see um, one of our missionaries that I, I'm not going to name since we're on broadcast. Those of you that can see it can there, but mentioned that they prayed today for power uh, for where they were at and it came on. So, Whoa, you know, and and knowing this missionary, I've I've traveled there and been in their home. Uh, I've prayed for that power right alongside of them. I promise you, (laughs) I have (laughs) nothing wrong with praying for power. Absolutely, amen. If you want a deep theological question, I'm scrolling back through so I can get to it earlier. I think Dr. Payton asked you, Can you comment on the relationship between the prayer of not my will? and to love your neighbor. Mm, That's excellent. Um, Yes. um, Ultimately, and this is my perspective. I want to be upfront with my views. Um, You know, I I believe um, we are all in one way or another self-centered, that we're all kind of selfish. I, I'm hey, trying to think a better term um, for it, but um, 
and I think praying the term for others. For selfish. Yeah, we're all selfish. Selfish. Yes. It's. I'm trying to be nicer with with it. Um, and so and praying for others, praying and loving others, is difficult. Uh, it's extremely difficult. Uh, if you don't believe that, um, you know, get married and be married several years. It's it's process. Ladies and gentlemen, our phones are about to blow up. <laughs> Get ready. Listen for the ding. All three of us are going to be texting any moment now. So, yes, they're related. Not praying. Are, please notice, Arash is the one who said it. Steven, <laughs> I the words came no. out of Arash's mouth. Nice. Come on. I thought we were all supposed to stick Arash, together here. Remember Arash, the plan? I'm right, I'm right with you, bro. Desi's hanging you out to dry. I'm with you, man. I'm right with you. No problem. I'll stand no back problem. to back with you. Desi's I'm right not saying I don't love my wife, or, you know, I, I'm just saying it's a process. It's a process. We're two different people. Um, and so, yes, I, I believe loving others is hard. And so you have to pray God's will. Um, and at times you're more concerned about yourself than you are about other people. So how does this connect to kingdom? His purpose is, is for you to be others focused, to focus on others, to bringing them to God and connecting them to God. Um, that's what the whole purpose is. And that is what the kingdom is. The kingdom of God is to let everybody know who Jesus is. So and, God, may, and God's justice is um he's not having a problem with balancing so when we pray his will mm -hmm. a basic contention of christianity is is that god is good so he can take my will and your will and find an adjudicated balanced position in between there you go that's right he's yeah. able to rightly that word for people it, it rightly judged thank you rightly judged um we don't rightly judge. No, no we don't. We're slanted. No, we don't. In fact, I would argue that many times we are not just slanted towards ourselves. Sometimes we're slanted in another direction as well. We can become advocate for someone and go too far the other direction. And so I think Arash's point tonight about praying thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is a With good a limited perspective. Yes. It's a very balancing place. Very uh, limited. Between imbalance within our lives, not only for selfish means, but for where we are angry about something that's unjust or wrong within the world and could actually lose sight of the forgiveness that God still has in hand. Every human being is God's child. Yes. And only he can perfectly hold that in balance, both the justice and the judgment, but also the grace and the mercy that comes with it as well. Even, even when that other person happens to be your wife. So Ooh. here's a great follow-up question, Arash. Yes. Do you think that when you pray for God's will, he can help us to want the same things that he wants? Yes. I I wholeheartedly believe that. I think once you pray from God's perspective and you pray for his will and you spend time with him, you'll start looking like him. You'll start acting like him and people will recognize who you're a follower of. Yes, I wholeheartedly believe that. That's correct. And on a funny note, but serious, that's why husbands and wives start looking like one another. <laughs> oh, man, my wife's going to turn bald. Oh, no. <laughs> the truth, though. If you if you meet a husband and a wife, and I'm not talking just about physical looks, but about the way we speak, our yes. priorities, the way we see life, there is diversity still, and God doesn't mm -hmm. take away your diversity. But you do begin to align towards who you who you are in intimate, close, personal relationship with. And um, so, yes, it's fun given the vein we're going and the pain we're going to pay after we get off this broadcast. But I still think the point is a point that's that's appropriate in the, in the context of the question. Yes, very appropriate. Any other good questions? Let me give you one more. Oh, yes, I do. So we're going to do one more along this, and then we're going to do a lightning round where I'm going to throw some questions at you, and you have 30 seconds to answer Woo! in the Come lightning on. round. Bring it, Desi. But, but you've got one, one more before we get to the lightning round. So, All right, go ahead. This, was, this is a question. It says, sometimes I feel like my constant, if it's your will, Lord, can border on indecisiveness or a cop-out? Do you ever feel that way? What do you suggest? 
Wowzers. Man, that's a really good question. Um, yes, I do feel that way as well. Is, is my being indecisive? It, does God really know my... And I, and I think just to piggyback what Stephen said is knowing the voice of God and hearing his voice and how he talks to you. Um, and it'll, it'll help you with those situations where you don't feel as decisive. And maybe sometimes God's just saying, you make the decision. I think I think you're capable of making a decision. It's kind of like kind of growing up and your dad just says, you know what? You're kind of on your own on this one. You're going to figure this one on your own. Um, I've, I've taught you everything I know. You're <laughs> I have confidence in your decisions. So maybe that might be it as well. I don't know if you guys want to add anything, but. Well, I just, one of the comments I just saw, uh, I'll throw our executive pastor out on the screen. She said, it's like my relationship with my spouse. I know what his silence means. What his sigh means relationship is key. And while that's funny, okay, and I'll probably pay for that one too. So I'll have lots of ladies in my life mad at me. <laughs> but, <laughs> the point, which is not difficult. He's very good at getting ladies. Absolutely, I get everyone yes, mad at me. Well, the most of you don't know is we have a staff meeting in thirty minutes. So I'm sure oh, yeah. I'm, we're, all gonna, we're all going to be lit lit up when we hit the staff meeting. But I still think Lila's point is exactly right on target. That relationship is key. That yes. relationship is key. And you learn to know that personal voice yeah. that is the father's. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Are we ready for some fun? Let's do it. Let's do it. Come on, baby. Let's bring it on. I've got, I've got my timer up. You get 30 seconds per question. Lightning round. Here we go. As we no, no, go ahead. Go question ahead. number one, as I start, are all, all of these are, only Arash can answer these. Are we ready? Oh, yeah, only I can answer them. Go ahead. You set, my friend. Here we go. Question I'm one. Ready. I'm ready. Go ahead. Do you ever pray for your hair to grow back? Yes, every day. <laughs> wow, that's it. Let's go. Okay. All right. Next one. Did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? No, no, they didn't have it. Nope. <laughs> Next one. Will there be dogs in heaven? No, there will not be dogs in heaven. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, just read, read Ecclesiastes. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Next one. Were there dinosaurs on the ark? Of course. Everybody knows that. There were baby dinosaurs because it could fit in there. There were like small, tiny ones. Or maybe they had dinosaur awesome. eggs. Okay. Um, either one or the Following other. Following on the heels of that, were there T-Rexes on the ark? And if so, what happened to them? Oh, that is a good question. Um, 30 I'm seconds. Get that. Um, most likely they died. I feel like something happened. They... <laughs> Before or after the ark? It, there was probably some type of pandemic. And they got a virus, um, and they didn't believe the virus was deadly, and then they all died. <laughs> they didn't take, the T-Rex didn't take the virus serious enough. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry. Next question. Next question. Go ahead. And I'm not making this stuff up. People really wrote these in. You asked a question. Some young man who I tell you is right after my own heart. Did the dinosaurs eat all the unicorns? That's right, because the King James does have the word unicorn there. Um, it's a bad translation, but go on. I know it's a bad translation. It doesn't. It's a hapax legomena, which is a fancy word you can t throw around. It means it only occurs once in the Bible, and they Apex, just yeah. Apex legomena, but Apex Apex. <laughs> You're at 20 seconds. You still haven't answered it yet, though. Did the dinosaurs eat the unicorns? Most likely they did. That would that would make the most sense. After, then they got the virus and died. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't have time. To answer, get, I don't have time to get the banner up, but I want to put a banner up. Stephen Beardsley does not approve this message. All right. <laughs> Well, you answered those, my friend, faster than I thought. 
we are out of questions. So congratulations Ooh. to Raj in that lightning round. He was able to get through all of those questions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So all of you joined in from tonight. We thank you so much for joining our Wednesday evening Bible study broadcast. We hope this has been at least half as enjoyable for you as it has been for us. Tune in next week to find out what happened in our staff meeting 30 minutes from now when our wives let us know their real opinions. That's right. And don't don't forget to join us live this Friday night, 7 o'clock. We're going to have a great interview. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss it. The Lord has orchestrated something coming on the heels of Dr. Cindy Miller. You don't want to miss Friday okay. night. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I'm telling you, you are going to enjoy you want to be present content. For that. That's right. I want to protect that, but you don't want to miss that. Of course, every Tuesday through Sunday, 7 o'clock is our broadcast, and you want to make yourself available to that. If you do have any further follow-up questions, you can reach Arash at arash.amadpour at newarkupc.org. And um, one more thing, which I'm trying to find it where I can put it up. I know I have it. Our website. You got less than 60 seconds. Newarkupc.info. Don't forget to go to newarkupc.info, and uh, there you can find out all kinds of information our current engagement items. You can listen to this broadcast uh, in the archives, etc. So we are right at 7.59, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Arash. Thank you, Pastor Arash, for being with us. Thank you, Debbie, for helping you guys. And uh, God bless you all. Say a prayer for us that we survive. And uh, Antoine, no, we will not be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. God bless. Thank you all. God bless. Have a great evening. God bless. God bless everyone. Good night. Good night.